Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I want to thank uh, all of you, uh, members of the media, for being here uh, in North Tonawanda today. I'm Senator Rob Ort, uh, New York State Senate Minority Leader, uh, Leader of the Republican Conference, and of course, uh, Representative uh, here in North Tonawanda, Niagara County. I do want to thank my colleagues, uh, first from the Assembly, uh, Assemblyman Mike Norris, who also represents uh, a good portion of Niagara County uh, and uh, certainly been a good friend and an ally uh, to the people here in Niagara County. And of course, travel a little further than anyone else here, but uh, my colleague in the New York State Senate, uh, also from Western New York, uh, Southern Tier area, Senator George Borello for, for being here today. And we're here today to talk about, I think an issue that I was talking to some of the Norris before this, you know, we, we, we propose, there's a lot of proposals that come out of Albany, out of a governor's state of the state. And when we come back to the district, some of them we hear about from our constituents. And, you know, some of them just get sort of lost in the noise. I have had more people just randomly, unsolicited, when I'm out and about, bring this issue up, and not in a good way. They don't say to me, Senator Ort, I can't wait, can't wait to have my gas stove banned. They don't understand what the heck is going on. They know there's a lot of issues facing the state of New York. They just didn't know that gas appliances was one of them. That that was the, 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 the biggest issue to be tackled. And of course, this is part of a larger proposal or narrative that's been going on. Certainly, some of Norris and Senator Brella, we know about this because we've, we've been watching this sort of unfold since 2019, when the uh, Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act was passed. Now, most Western New Yorkers didn't know about that. And why would they? It was passed at 2.30 in the morning. Now, I remember it because I debated the bill with then-Senator Todd Kaminsky. And in that bill, they set out very aggressive climate goals and emissions goals. But you know what they didn't set out? How we were going to get there. Now, those details are important. One, because that determines whether it's achievable. But number two, that's, you know who has to ultimately help achieve those goals, not the government, the people of the state of New York. And their role, and how much it was going to cost, and how we were going to do it, and the impact on them was never mentioned back in 2019. It was left to a group called the Climate Action Council. And the Climate Action Council has met, I think for the past two years, um, and their report came out in December. And this is one of the things that was in their report. So Governor Hochul is really adopting or pulling from recommendations from the Climate Action Council 
to ban gas, fossil fuel uh, based appliances and energy sources uh, in your home, in new buildings, in commercial buildings, and in restaurants like we are here today. I can promise you, you will not find one restaurateur, and, and this is an industry that has been hammered the last several years. It's tough anyways, we all know that, but for the last couple of years, it has been hard to be a restaurateur in New York State. And you can't find anyone today that's gonna tell you they can't wait, that their food's gonna be better, that their operation's gonna be better when they have to fully electrify their kitchen. In fact, I'll bet, I'll bet you some restaurants will just say, that's it for me. Because other states aren't doing this, folks. Other states aren't doing it. When we talk about, and even the governor talks about, people leaving New York State. Just this morning, I read an article that we lost a record number of people to Florida. I have no idea how many people we lost to Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, Texas. But just Florida was 64,000 people last year. The question is, why, are, why is that happening? Now, there's a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons goes back to things like this. When you talk about affordability, this is not going to make people's energy and utility bills go down. It's not. It can't. Because we have to spend $270 billion over 30 years. That's one estimate. And I'm always weary of government estimates because usually they're wrong. But we've got to spend $270 billion by one estimate to implement these changes. There needs to be investment in the grid. The grid today can't handle the increased electric load. That, don't take my word for it. That comes from National Grid, the people who run it, the people who would benefit because they would actually pick up more clients and more customers. They're saying, wait a second. National Fuel, I believe, estimates it'll be $25,000 to $50,000 for an average homeowner to electrify their house, depending on the size and the age of the home and everything else. I wonder how many people in western New York, here in North Tonawanda, have an extra twenty-five grand to put into their home to get rid of their stove. Does anyone think that the polar ice caps are melting because me and my wife use gas to cook our dinner? I don't. Natural gas is one of the cleanest forms of energy, period. There's no debate about that science. And when I was growing up, that, I was always told that was, that was a clean energy source. We just went through a record storm here in western New York, including where we're standing, where people relied on their natural gas to heat their home, to boil water. The governor of Oklahoma had a great quote. He said, there is no such thing when you're in a crisis, a storm, there's no such thing as a bad energy source. We need to have a diversified energy portfolio, and that has to include natural gas. By the way, for those climate, social, uh, 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 environmental justice warriors out there, most of our electricity, I think 80% of it, maybe more, you know, it's generated by coal. Coal, the dirtiest form of, of, of energy usage. We've banned all the coal plants in New York, so I guess we'll have to, you know, it's okay as long as it's generated in a different state because then it doesn't count against our climate goals. So we can't handle it currently. The grid can't handle it. People can't afford it. We don't really have a solid real cost estimate. We have a, uh, an estimate that kind of came out of the sky. We don't really know what that estimate's based off of. 
and we have a timeline that I don't believe can be met. And for those that don't know, so the governor is proposing phasing out the fuels uh, by 2030 for single-family homes, be a ban on, on the sale of fossil fuel-based heating equipment, i.e. stoves or what have you, uh, dryers. For single-family homes, smaller buildings would be 2035 for larger and commercial buildings. So single-family and small buildings, 2030, 2035 for commercial and larger buildings. That would mean if a gas furnace fails or needs to be replaced after that date, you would have to do so with an electric or non-combustion system. So I do want to say there is no proposal that we're aware of that anyone's going to come and take your stove or your appliance. I know that's been out there. That's not happening. Um, but after those dates, when it goes, your furnace, your, your, your stove, you will not be able to replace that. There will be no parts for it. There will be no service for it. You'll be able to go to Orville's and buy a new one. Uh, although, if you live down in Senator Brella's district, like so many of his constituents already do for other things, they'll go to Pennsylvania. Mark my words. And there's no prohibition against that. It will not be illegal to have a gas stove at this point. It'll just be impossible to get one unless you're willing to travel out of the state. In addition, she's pushing a prohibition, the governor, on fossil fuel equipment in new construction statewide that would include gas stoves as of 2025 for small buildings, single-family homes, 2028 for larger ones. So if you're going to build a house in the next couple of years, you're not going to have a gas stove in that house or have any gas into that house, gas fireplace, whatever. And, of course, what this is going to do is have a chilling effect. If you're an appliance store in New York, you're just going to stop selling gas appliances, which is really kind of the goal. And the larger goal, of course, is to really kneecap the natural gas industry. If New York's out of the market, then that hurts natural gas uh, production. And that's really the goal of many on the far left when it comes to the environmental policy and the agenda they are pursuing. So last night, I know the Erie County Legislature proposed a resolution that was defeated by the Democratic majority, uh, basically opposing this, this ban, this proposal by Governor Hochul. But I will tell you, I just spoke at an event two nights ago in Lackawanna. There were 200 people at an organization that has nothing to do with gas, stoves, or any other appliance, but there were 200 people there to talk and rave and rant and express their opposition about this policy. This is, this is not going to do anything to solve our climate problems. All it's going to do is drive up costs in a state that is already increasingly one of the least affordable states in the country. And that's why people are heading to Florida. That's why people are leaving this state. And that is the single greatest threat to this state and our future viability in places like North Tonawanda and restaurants like we're standing right here today. And that's why we are opposing this. Our conference stands opposed to it. I'm certain the Assembly Conference and the Republican Conference is opposed to it. And we're calling on our colleagues in the legislature. This cannot happen without a vote of the legislature, either in the budget or in a standalone bill. And we're certainly going to call on our colleagues across the aisle to oppose this measure uh, as proposed by the governor. And at this time, I want to call up again my colleague, uh, a friend and someone uh, who's been uh, uh, a strong voice on these issues from the southern tier here in western New York, Senator George Borrello. Thank you, Mayor. Senator. How are you?
It's good to be here today, and thank you very much for the invitation. You know, uh, I've been in the Senate for a little over three years now. I came in on the heels of the disastrous bail reform laws that were just implemented at the beginning of 2020. But if you had told me even back then that I'd be standing here three years later with gas stoves as public enemy number one in New York State, even I would have been surprised. But here we are. This is outrageous. I'm a restaurant owner myself, and uh, I was talking to my wife about this today. You know, the whole idea of converting our businesses, not being able to cook with gas, is outrageous. Uh, and on top of that, who's going to pay for this? Now, this estimate of $276 billion doesn't hold up. We just spent an entire day yesterday uh, in a Climate Action Council scoping plan hearing for the New York mm -hmm. State Senate. I was there all day. <clears throat> they had 11 panels, roughly a three dozen people testifying, and not a single person could answer the question, how is this is going to be paid for? Who's going to pay for it? There are a lot of interesting proposals, but in the end, there was no answer. $276 billion is a lot of money, but it's not even enough. <clears throat> there are 6 million homes in New York State that will need to be converted from natural gas to electricity. The average cost at a minimum is going to be $40,000. So you do the math. That's $240 billion to convert homes from natural gas to electricity. Just homes. That doesn't count commercial buildings, which we were told are the biggest uh, polluters, if you will, the biggest uh, source of emissions. That doesn't include everything else in New York State, all the infrastructure that will have to be improved in order to electrify. We need triple the amount of electricity than we are currently making, triple, to, to make this happen. No idea how this is going to happen, no plan, no cost-benefit analysis. That's what the leaders in New York State think is good for you good for every citizen here in New York State. Now, I asked a very important question, I thought was a very important question yesterday, of the professor who kind of led all this from Cornell. I said, what, it's global climate change, right? What's the percentage that New York State contributes to global climate change? He didn't know. I said, so in two years of discussions, the idea that we're going to wreck New York's economy, you can't tell me how this is going to actually help global climate change? Well, the answer, which I happen to know, no, was 0.4%. 0.4% of global emissions come out of New York. So if we, can, we wreck our economy, we go into massive debt, we cast aside reliable forms of energy that put people's lives at risk, which is what have happened in Buffalo in this recent storm, what are we going to get for that? And the answer is nothing. And here's the dirty little secret. The dirty little secret is New York State is now importing more power than it ever has. You know, Andrew Cole made the promise that we were going to convert Tonawanda and Dunkirk from coal to natural gas. That never happened. Instead, they shut them down. And what did they do? Spent hundreds of millions of dollars to run transmission lines to the dirtiest old-fashioned coal plants like Homer City, Pennsylvania. That's what, where power for New York State is coming from. Anywhere from 18 to 50 percent of New York State power is coming from outside of the state, much of it from dirty old-fashioned coal plants. So this is nothing but virtue signaling, folks. This isn't going to move the needle with climate change. We're not going to improve emissions. In fact, we're going to go backwards because we're getting our power from states that have lower standards than New York. So all of this is a shell game to somehow prove that New York is the most progressive. Well, I don't want to win that contest at the expense of the lives and the livelihood of everyone in New York State, including restaurants like this. We have to push back. We have to bring common sense back to this equation, and we have to stop letting the tail wag the dog when it comes to radical proposals in Albany. So with that, I will turn that over to Assemblyman Mike Norris. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Senator. Uh, thank you to both senators for including me today in the press conference. You know, this comes down to common sense. In 2030, 
for the average homeowner in New York State, if your gas stove breaks down, you can't get a new one. And it all comes down to price. When you look at the energy and your electric bill, which keeps going up, a clean fuel with natural gas is still the cleanest and the most least expensive to fuel your home. And it's clean. This all comes down to economics and to make sure, yes, that we, of course, protect the environment. But like the senator said, only 0.04 of all the emissions come from New York. What about China? What about Russia? What about other places in the globe that have substantial emissions taking over our world? So when you look at what's occurring with a downstate-driven majority, including Governor Hochul, they are crippling our economy here in upstate and western New York. And what I encourage everyone to do, and as Senator Orton mentioned, I have received more emails on this topic than any other in the last year, several hundred. I want you to continue to bombard your legislators and tell them enough is enough in New York State. Let your voices be heard, including email and call the governor's office and let them know, let her know that this is ridiculous. Now the governor is from Buffalo. We just had a very serious storm, the worst storm in a century, even worse, many say, than the blizzard of 77. Many people were out of electricity and many people were able to heat their homes because of the use of natural gas. This is a very serious situation. We must be able to preserve that going forward for the next storm and things going forward. So again, this is truly a ridiculous proposal. And on behalf of uh, the senators, as well as our leader, Will Barkley, in the Assembly, I stand uh, against this proposal. And I encourage everyone out there to be loud, because in 2030, at your home, you're not going to be able to get a brand new gas stove which is the most ridiculous thing. When you see what's happening and people are fleeing the city of New York for Florida and other places because of high taxes and burdensome regulations and the ridiculous policies that quite frankly are coming out of the downstate driven majorities out of New York City. Enough is enough. We must stand up and this is our moment to do so. Thank you for being here. Thank you, gentlemen. So I'll just uh, close real fast and we'll turn over to questions. Uh, something that both my colleagues said. I, I want to just sort of crystallize a key takeaway for members of the press here and anyone watching is that you're not going to achieve drastic or any measurable positive result. We're not going to, we're not, this is not going to solve the climate crisis by getting rid of gas appliances in New York State. We're responsible for 0.04% of the emissions of New York State. I bet you most of those .04 comes out of one place, the island of Manhattan. But that's a different story. The point is, we can't get to zero, zero, zero. Not in our lifetime. Maybe you get to .03. But the damage, the cost, not the benefit, because any law, any bill, there's a cost-benefit analysis for the public. The cost is very real. The impact to businesses will be real. The cost to homeowners will be real without the measurable return on investment. And I think that is, that has to be said over and over again, because I know some people will think, well, this is a good thing. I want the planet to be here. The planet's going to be here, whether you have a guest over or not. Um, and, and something else that the assemblyman uh, talked about, 
I know a lot has been made about the stoves, and that can be kind of goofy, and it, you might people might smirk and laugh. But as he mentioned with the storm, this is a very serious thing. I don't want people to lose sight of it, that it's just about a stove or a dryer or a furnace. It's really not. There's far greater and real serious consequences to policies like this. So while we talk about it in certain terms that people can relate to, and I don't ever want to be hyperbolic, but the reality is we just had a storm where 40 plus people died in Buffalo. So don't tell me that there's not real life and death consequences and very serious consequences to things we do, especially around energy and things like this that the governor's proposing. And another reason why we're asking her to reconsider and our colleagues to oppose this. And with that, certainly take questions from the media. Rep, do you, um, how do you expect this to come to a vote? It's part of a, a greater climate action council report uh, that we didn't know if it was going to be piecemeal or if it was going to be a straight right. up or down vote. We don't know if it's going to be in the budget or a standalone bill. How are you expecting to see this? So I mean, since she put this in her state of the state, right, she sort of, I don't want to say cherry picked it, but she selected this specifically in her state of the state. I would anticipate that it's going to be part of her budget, which she has not yet presented yet. Uh, it would be part of the Article 7 uh, language in the budget. Um, and to be clear, there is no, beyond her state of the state, there's no bill or no specific proposal to do this yet. But my expectation is we will see something like this in the budget. And if we don't, my expectation is we're going to see this along with other potentially, um, what I'll say, Climate Action Council-related proposals at some point this session. Have you heard anything? I, I, I pulled up the 445-page thing. Mm -hmm. Page 205 talks about costs for a complete retrofit. And then it says, before available rebates and tax credits. Right. Have you heard anything about rebates? Or she, so she mentioned... So she gave or alluded to this in the state of the state, but I have not seen, nor do I think anyone has seen, uh, as you know, Ron, you've covered states of the states before. They're usually big on pro pronouncements and sometimes light on details. Again, I would expect in the budget or when this proposal is actually rolled out to be voted on, something like that would be in there. Um, sometimes those things are promulgated after the fact by the regulatory agencies. She she also said, if I'm not mistaken, about uh, not only rebates, um, but as far as costs, if it affected people's utility bills, that your, your usage would be capped to 6% of what you make. Now, I find that to be, I don't even know if that's legal or constitute, because that's, a utility is usually based off of what you use, right? If you're a high energy user, you pay that. If I'm a low energy user, I pay that. It's not about I make more money than you, so I got to pay more and you pay that, that. I don't know if that's even if that even that proposal even holds up. But no, I have not seen the details. But she did acknowledge or made allusion to some type of rebate or credit for homeowners. But again, how much is that? What does that actually amount to in dollars? I think matters. With regards to So you will, you will, by 2030, you'll have to have it, you'd have to do it, right? So you, you would have to, um, now I assume, like many things, the enforcement will be left to the localities. 
because that's generally how New York State goes, which means your local code enforcement officers or what have you would piecemeal enforce it because I know I, I was a mayor right here. Code enforcement is a tough gig. They never have enough people. Uh, and basically they respond to calls or if they see something, right? If they, so if they drove by a house and they saw an appliance going in, maybe they would stop by and, and check to see if it was gas or electric on January 3rd, 2031. But other than that, you know, the enforcement, I think, is going to be left. So that's another kind of burden, if you would, because then what happens? Do, do they say if this, if we find or if you don't make sure that there's no gas appliances in your municipality, are there going to be fines to the municipality? I mean, I don't know. It's in the law that it has to be done by that date. So who's responsible if it's not done? So, you know, that there, therein lies a question. How are municipalities going to enforce that kind of a verification that these homes have been have been retrofitted, if you would, to be electric. And if they don't, I'll put devil's advocate, then what's the point? Is it just the point to say we did the law so we feel better about ourselves? Meaning if you don't actually follow through, then you're not actually making good on the goals that are laid out in the policy to begin with. Have you, I, I mean, I know you can't speak for the other side, sure. the Democrats, but have you spoken to some of them Some of them do say that they have some questions sure. about how this is going to be implemented. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm sure at this point, uh, some of my colleagues that I've, you know, briefly spoken to, you know, you get sort of an eye roll or, a, you know, kind of like a, a head scratch, like, well, we got to see what, what this really looks like as far as, as, far as the enforcement. Um, but to be clear, all of my colleagues, now, between 2019 and today, there are some people that are not in the Senate any longer. Or the assembly, but they all voted for the Climate Leadership Community Protection Act, which created the Climate Council, uh, which put forward these proposals. So I would be very surprised if suddenly now, again, the people that are holdovers, maybe some new members might feel differently, but the holdovers, they've been on board with the law that created the council, which pushed this idea at the outset before Governor Hochul did. Um, so it would be surprising that all of a sudden now, they, they are concerned. But that's why it's important for the public to reach out. At the end of the day, we, work, we don't work in a vacuum, even though sometimes I'm sure it seems that way. We work for the people we serve that are elected, we're elected by. So it's important for, your, for, the, for people watching, connect with your state assemblyman, connect with your state senator, connect with the governor, and let them know how you feel about this and what your concerns are, because that's the best way at this point. Again, it still has to be voted on. She can't do it by herself. This is going to have to come before all three of us and the other 60 members of the Senate and 149 members of the Assembly, or 212 members of the Assembly, right? 149. Yeah, okay, yeah, all right. A lot of people. I have a question for Senator Morello, but Senator Orr, you can speak on this too. Sure. Certainly, as a restaurant owner yourself, you've been in contact with other restaurant owners So uh, I'm a member of the New York State Restaurant Association, and uh, we have regular meetings by Zoom or in person. And they're all very frustrated, and perhaps the most frustrated are the folks in New York City. Uh, they are truly frustrated. And I say that, look, at, uh, the people that are behind this, they come to your restaurants. They, they, they bring their friends there, they eat there, talk to them about it. I mean, I can, we can get a position paper from the New York State Restaurant Association about how bad this is, but in the end, 
It's direct contact with those senators and assembly members that's going to make that difference. And they are extremely frustrated. And I have had people tell me that they are probably just going to give up. That is not an exaggeration. Uh, in fact, my wife today said to me, if this happens, what are we going to do? Uh, you know, and uh, there's enough people deciding to shut their businesses down as it is. We don't need restaurants doing that. Uh, it's just outrageous. It's not just the cooking part. It's about heating uh, a restaurant. It's about being able to have some kind of a consistent ability to deliver food quickly. You know, you can get an induction stove, and that might be great in your house. But when you've got a restaurant full of people and you're trying to turn the tables, it's not going to work. Everything else is going to be much, much slower than electric-based uh, ways of cooking. So uh, that means the less tables you turn, the less money you make. And oh, by the way, we want to increase uh, minimum wage. We're going to go to $20 an hour, and then we're going to index it to inflation, and we're going to continue to have more burdensome regulations. When is it enough? When does it stop? So we're talking about a lot here for, for restaurant tours, especially. George, is there? Um even commercial availability of electric ranges for restaurants. I can't, mm -hmm. I can't remember ever seeing anything but a gas range in a, in a kitchen. If you're gonna if you're gonna cook a steak. There's no electric option there. I mean, you, to finish a steak, okay? There's you have induction stoves, and there's uh, you've got things that are, are electric and microwave. But in the end, that's not how you put out most of your meals. So yeah, there's no technology there. I mean, this whole push for electricity. Um, is there an electric tractor that anybody's seen? I haven't seen an electric tractor. We're going to tell our farmers right. that they have to switch to all electric. By the way, if you're it, when I spoke at that meeting yesterday, this professor was upset that they moved the date to stop new natural gas hookups from 20, January 1st, 2024 to January 1st, 2025. He thinks we should go back to 2024. Now, what do you tell a farmer who has to build a new barn and needs gas to keep his, his, his cattle warm, whatever it might be? What, what it means is that uh, we're not going to have the ability to continue on uh, with new dairy farms, things like that, uh, a new greenhouse, whatever it might be. So this has big implications. If we are serious about no new gas hookups in less than two years, the impact on New York's economy is going to be immediate and it's going to be big. And, and, and I want to add other states, again, other states are not new. Other states are, are probably in some cases laughing at this, laughing at New York, because they know they're going to be the recipients of people the restaurants who leave, who close up, especially in New York City. These are folks who can open up a restaurant anywhere in the country, maybe anywhere in the world in some cases. Um, and as the senator mentioned, farming, agriculture, there's a wide range. You know, we sort of drill it down to talk about a gas stove in someone's house because that's what a lot of people can connect to. But there are broader implications here to what this policy will mean and the negative impacts and the real costs. There's a cost you pay and there's a cost you bear. We're all going to pay a cost, make no mistake. We're going to pay for this. But then there's an added cost that we're going to bear in, in, frankly, quality of life. You're going to have blackouts. You're going to have, uh, you know, points where you do not have peak electric ability, capacity. We have that now. High energy users have that today. Right now the grid is, is taxed, over, overburdened. So, you're going to, you know, natural gas is the most reliable and it's the least expensive. So when someone tells me on the other side they care about affordability and struggling people, I find that a little hard to believe if you're going to support this kind of policy because it will impact, as it everything always does, it'll impact working people and middle class folks the most. Meaning if you're lower income, middle income, you're going to feel this. If you're a multimillionaire, you might, dis you might detest this policy, but you'll be able to figure it out. 
you just move to your other house in Florida or wherever you are. But if you're a working person in Niagara County, Erie County, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? You're going to be stuck with this bill and no real explanation or benefit as to why. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.